among the double game week players, right? That's the city, you know, defenders or Gundo, Sterling maybe. And then you have DCL, which is maybe a captaincy option, but as I covered earlier, I'm personally not keen. If you feel very good on DCL's chances, you can go for it. Burnley, I mean, we talked about Pope, but in a, a so-called logical kind of sense, there isn't really any Burnley player you want a captain. And same with Fulham. So maybe should we captain someone who is not having a double game week? Like and that's FPL Hafiz's question to us. Yes, Sam. FPL Hafiz asking us, would you captain Bruno? It's tough, right? Uh, like you said, I think Gundo would have been in for a shout. He's City's main attacking threat right now. But now that he's playing, I don't think he will be benched against Spurs. But then the next game against Everton, I think there's a possibility. Bruno against West Brom away. West Brom has been poor, right? Not even like... like We say Fulham is poor, but secretly they've been doing well defensively. But West Brom is proper poor. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the FPL Banger Podcast. This is me, Siva, and I'm joined once again by Sam. Sam, how was game week 23? Decent for me, I guess. Not the best, not bad. I had 69 points. Good thing was uh, I got the Sun captaincy right. So that was good for me. Other than that, Cresswell, Martinez were the big points in my team. And Gundo, of course. I had quite a lot of points in my bench, actually. 5 on Adams, 6 on Kufal, 6 on Streak. Strauk. Strike. Stroke. Yeah, so anyway, that combines to a total of uh, 17 points. But I can live with that. So a decent week for me. Still beat you by one point, so that's all that matters. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, I got 68 points, even though I got the captaincy wrong because I captained Antonio. But I had Gundo, I had Sun, I had Fernandez, So I covered all the alternative captaincy options. That's been my style this season. You know, I always have the other captains, but I don't actually captain the right guy. But I had Bamford and Rafinha, six points each. And I brought in Rafinha for Salah. And I think I have a moral victory. Because even though Salah got seven points, he got seven points, you know, from a very questionable penalty. And Rafinha got six points while doing a reverse pirouette turn and, you know, going through Gary Cahill. So I feel like I've won something on a moral level. I also had DCL on the bench, 12 points. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for you to mention that. What are you going to do? And, okay, so benching headaches is something we'll talk about, you know, as we go along. But let's get straight into it. We are recording on Wednesday night where we are. So the FA Cup fixtures are going on right now as we speak. We don't know all of the doubles. We know some of them. We know the doubles of 24 and 25, obviously. And we have an idea of the landscape for 26 and 29. So we'll take the questions as they come. We're going to start off looking at Game Week 24 assets. Then we're going to talk about the non-doublers in Game Week 24. And then finally, we'll go into chip strategies as it stands and captaincy. So let's start off with the teams that double in Game Week 24. There are four teams that double. Burnley, Man City, Fulham, and Everton. So let's start off with Man City, Sam. Most of us have triple Man City. And if you don't, I would say you just need to get them in. But the question that people are asking this week is, should they drop a Man City defender to get a second Man City attacker? Because a lot of us are on double City defense. What do you think? To me, I think that 
the optimal way to go forward with city players is still two defenders and one uh, one gundo <laughs> it has to be gundo right so he's basically playing like an am now so yeah to me i think just long term the defenders provide far more value than any of the attackers they none of them have guaranteed minutes except for gundo you know sterling prone to rotation here and there same with Foden same with Mara same with Jesus so I prefer the defenders and they've been guaranteeing you know, 6 points almost every week which is great I think if you are wild carding in 25 or 26 I can understand the logic of you know taking because it requires 2 transfers to switch the defender out for someone else and then bring in a city attacker if it's a short term pun I get it but over the long term there's no question for me you just look at points acquired, right? Since game week 13, the top Man City assets for points. Gundo is on 92. And then you have to go all the way down to Diaz, Stones and Sterling on 63. Cancelo on 57. Foden and Edison on 52. So you can already see there that because of rotation, Diaz, who is never rotated, can keep up with Sterling, who is supposedly the explosive asset. So I think if you're looking for a captaincy option this week, if it's a short-term punt, I can understand Long term, I still think double defense is the play. And if Diaz and Stones combined is still cheaper than Sterling, I think. Yes, and while we keep saying, you know, we've got a lot of cash, Hurricane's back and we're going to need some of that cash now. Yeah, so I agree with you. If it's a short term, you know, you just want to do it for this one week, yeah, go ahead, bring Sterling in, captain him. And then if you're planning to wild card later on, reset it back to two defenders because I think moving forward throughout the rest of the season, that is the way to go. And also, I see a lot of people trying to justify it by saying KDB is coming back, so Sterling would be the placeholder for KDB. But let's not forget, KDB wasn't, you know, tearing it up before he got injured. In fact, between game weeks 13 to 19, Gundo was already comfortably outscoring KDB, even though they were playing together. So there's no guarantees here that, and that's without penalties, by the way, so there's no guarantees that KDB is going to be essential when he comes back. So I don't see the need to keep Sterling that long until KDB's back. You know, he's in training now. We don't know. So for me, it's a short-term punt. Nothing more. Yeah. Oh, and uh, as as we speak, Sam, the City lineup for the Swansea game has just come out. And okay, so I'm just looking at it now. Gundo starts and Sterling starts. Well, that, that's shocking. I okay. would not expect that. Let's talk about this because it's kind of important, right? So it's Stefan, Walker, Garcia, Laporte, Mendy. Fine. No, nobody we're going to play. Rodrigo, Bernardo, Torres, Jesus. Again, fine. But then it's Sterling and Gundo starting. That's that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to tell, right? So let's see how it goes, you know. Gundo just might play 45 minutes and then come out. I don't think there's any chance that he won't play Gundogan against Spurs. It's going to be an important game, a tough game. He probably wants the best team available. To be fair, Gundo has not... Uh, he has started every single Premier League match since game week 13. Sterling has been benched twice already. Uh, Gundo was brought off early once against West Brom. So you would like to think he's going to start. But it's kind of weird that they have a cup match against Swansea and they're resting Foden's on the bench. Ster- but Sterling and Gundo are starting. It's, it's kind of weird. And I don't know whether Pep's going to We'll talk about this as it comes to captaincy, but this is the sort of thing that's pushing people to not captain a City asset this week. That's all I will say. Now let's go ahead to the the other team. Coming back to 
Double Game Week 24. Burnley, we've got our first question here from Big Sam Says, and he's asking, Burnley plays for the Double Game Week, one or more. So a couple of things, right? Uh, typically, we think of Burnley as being a very defensive side, very solid at the back. But what's causing people to be a bit worried is the fact they've only kept two cleans in the last 10. Now, I feel that that's explainable if you look at the fixtures and the people they played. They played Wolves, Leeds, United, West Ham, Villa, Chelsea, Man City, and Brighton. And in that time, those eight blanks, you would have only expected maybe a clean against Wolves and Brighton. Against Brighton, they conceded one corner. And if anything, they had higher XG against Brighton. Against Wolves, it was an 89th minute penalty. All the other teams, you'd expect them to concede. So my feeling is Burnley defense is good. I think a double up is worth it because you know they're nailed. You know they play on 180 minutes. And especially if you're going to wildcard after this, it's a very easy gamble to take. It's very low risk. If they clean both, they're playing against Palace, who have no Zaha, and they're playing against Fulham, who struggle for goals anyway. I would go for double Burnley defense without you know hesitation at all. I have a lot of hesitation. <laughs> I, okay. I guess in my place, I'm looking at it long term. I'm not planning a little bit of spoiler for the, the cheap strategy, but I'm not planning to wildcard. So whatever transfers I make here is for the long term. And long term, I do not want to add two Burnley defenders in my team. So for me, I would just go with just one. I think that's good enough to cover. Because I'm quite happy with the rest of my defenders. But... I mean, there is no argument against having more, I guess. Fixtures doesn't get easier than this. So, yeah. I will actually concede because I'm probably going to be on wildcard. So I think it's good that we're giving two different perspectives. Burnley may or may not have a double in 26. As we record this, the Leicester FA Cup match has not happened yet. And basically, if Leicester don't uh, win, then it's chances that Burnley will not have a double in 26. That I will concede if you're not on a wildcard, then it's kind of a problem because you don't want to be buying in some a team where, you know, two players who don't have a double in 26. So in that case, I think one Burnley asset is perfectly fine. And that one Burnley asset for me, it has to be Nick Pope. It's not even up for debate. I understand that everybody's scared because they went last week, they saw Pope, Blank and Martinez get 10 points. And that's, you know, scaring everyone. But the point is Pope has a much higher ceiling than any of the defenders. Pope has five double-digit hauls this season. That's more than Sterling or Rashford or half the premiums. In terms of bonus points, he has 17. The next Burnley asset is Wood and me on seven. If Burnley keep a clean sheet more often than not, Nick Pope is going to get bonus. So if you're going to pick just one Burnley asset for this double, I think it has to be Nick Pope and he gets saved points even if they don't clean. Yeah, I mean, I can agree that Pope is the best defender from Burnley. That's it. In my place, I do not want to transfer a keeper. That's for sure. I'm going to stick with Martinez up to the end of the season. So for me, it will probably be a defender. Most likely Lauten, because I don't want to spend too much in bringing me or um, James Tarkovsky. It's not that hard a name, Sam. And don't you want a more exciting... Because, okay, since Tarkovsky you're talking about defender... exciting, man. No, Tarkovsky is exciting. You're saying Lauten and... Since uh, Game Week 18, no defender in the league has more big chances than Tarkovsky. You've got Palace, who apparently have conceded the most headed attempts in the league. Aren't you excited? And Tarkovsky has transferred himself into his own FPL team. That's some kind of, what you call it, insider trading. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no. For me, just for my team, um, I want a Burnley bench for that. That's what I want. I play them this week, but in future they're just gonna go on the bench most of the weeks. Um. So therefore, I'm gonna go for the cheapest Lawton. But if you're not looking for that and you're looking for a high ceiling player, then you're right. I would say either Pope number one and second choice would be Tarkovsky. Big um, you know, chance to score from haters. I would agree with that. Yeah, if you're just looking for bench fodder and the cheapest route, yeah, Lawton's a fair chance. And to be honest with you, before I started looking into headed chances and expected goals, Lawton would have been my first choice because. From watching the Brighton game, I just felt that you know he puts in one or two crosses. Burnley left backs and right backs they're bad at crossing. I used to own Charlie Taylor. They can't cross to save their lives, but eventually they'll hit one bad cross and somehow it goes in. So you're just taking a punt. And at four point five, Lawton is cheap enough that he's not gonna upset you when he's sitting on your bench. He's in fact this is one of those you know transfers that will solve your benching headaches. Yep. Just Aside to sum up, right? Right. I don't think there's anyone else in Burnley who you should consider. I'm not touching Ed Dwight McNeil or Chris Wood, even if he is fit. I just I don't see any motivation to go there. That is a transfer waiting to happen. I I would think a single game week attacker has more potential and upside than a Burnley attacker. Yeah, you can give them three games. I'll still pick a, <laughs> a player with a good single game week fixture. Exactly, I totally agree. I think just to sum up, we are saying that if you have a wild card and you plan to play it. You can go double or even triple Burnley if you really want to. Triple but if you defense, you're... defense, Burnley defense, triple, triple Burnley defense, yes. But if you're not going to use the wild card and you're very sure on that and you're very determined not to, then like Sam, probably just pick one and stick with it, and you can go for the cheapest one. Agreed. Now let's move on. We've covered, I think, Burnley in enough detail. Fulham. We have a question here from FPL Mihir. Would you start Martinez? Or Ariola, so he already has Ariola. Ariola has a double. Fulham play Burnley and Everton. So would you start Ariola in that case? A lot of people actually do have Ariola on their bench. It's a tough one actually, because I think Martinez has a good chance of a clean sheet too, um, against Brighton. So this is this is a tough one. Fulham is playing um, Everton and Burnley. So there's a chance of a clean sheet with Burnley. I would say that sounds like a zero-zero waiting to happen. But the Everton game, on one hand, Everton, you know, can score. They have the talent and the pedigree to do so. But on the other hand, they haven't really been playing well. So another draw is not out of the cards too. Maybe risk it. Yeah, I think I agree with you after some thought. Just take the risk. Martinez, you know, just close your eye. Don't watch the Villa game. I don't get why. I Okay, we both own Martinez. So obviously we're very happy after the weekend. But I don't get why people get so scared because... Martinez's ceiling is 10 points. You're playing a goalkeeper who has two games. He starts off on four points. If he gets cleans in both, he gets, I don't know, he could get 20. You're playing percentages. At worst case, you lose six points. I don't see the, yeah. the risk in starting a defensive double game weaker over a single double game weaker. Plus, Fulham actually has been pretty solid um, defensively. Quietly solid, right? Not many people talked about it. But they had two clean sheets in the last four games. And Ariola's a good keeper. You know, he makes saves. And Brighton are no easy team to play against. They didn't have a lot of chances against Burnley. But, you know, they've just beaten Spurs, just beaten Liverpool. They could cause Villa some problems. So I don't yeah. think you're taking that big a risk. If anything, 
I would say you're taking a bigger risk by, you know, the whole point of a double game week play is to play them in the double game week, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement. Ariola should start if you have him. Any other Fulham asset you would consider? I was looking at Lookman. And although returns-wise, he hasn't been doing well, the underlying stats is there. I guess this is a good, it's a good point because sometimes people look too much into the underlying stats, right? And uh, you can see in the last game, he had a combined XG XA of 0.91 before that 0.39 before that 0.23 0.31 0.45 these are decent um, stats you know key passes pretty high in each game but I think just Fulham as a team are not doing well so I did consider him for a short while but after giving further thought to it I would stay away I would say in the list of priorities for Double Game Week 24, it's Man City, it's Burnley, it's DCL. Actually, DCL, I think, would come ahead of Burnley. Bottom, right bottom of the list is the guys like Lookman and Cavaliero. They are the ones you get in if you've already got all your Double Game Weekers and you have free transfers to burn and you just want to take a punt. Um, I'm not going to comment on DCL yet. <laughs> I'll wait till we reach the Everton section. Let's but go yeah, into I'm, it now. Actually, wait, wait, about Lookman. So after doing some thinking, I think maybe not. That being said, I think he does have the potential, you know. He can come good. He's Fulham's main attacking outlet. Just Fulham as a team, right, is not finishing the chances that he's providing for them. But the potential is always there. So I don't think that Lukman is a bad pick, actually. I think expected assist numbers, he's okay. It, and at, at his price point, he's a fine asset in that sense. It's just that like you say, they don't have anybody to finish the chances. Yeah. I just, and if, I mean, if you have a wild card and you've got free transfers, really have nothing else to do this week, I would take triple Burnley defense before I consider Lookman. Really? He would be, yes, he's so far down the list of my priorities. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't agree that. I have a gut feeling about Lookman, right? That's why the whole um, week so far, I've just been looking at Lookman, watching his highlights, reading his XG and XA. I have this gut feeling that he's going to come good this week. I don't know if I have the balls to go through with it and bring him in. Are, are you saying that you would take Lookman over, you know, even like a single game maker like Rashford? Would you take Lookman over him? Oh, obviously not. In the context of my team, Madison is playing a tough game this week uh, against Liverpool. Tough on paper at least. So I was considering maybe, you know, going Madison to Lookman. Just a cheeky punt considering not saying I'm going to do it but it did you know it. I am thinking about it it's okay Sam no, no shame in here you're on the pod you know whatever you know, said on the pod stays on the pod <laughs> don't hold me to this right I'm not most likely I'm not going to go through with it but I just have some kind of gut feeling to it so we'll see it's okay we'll see. I mentioned on Twitter that I want to go triple Burnley and everybody keeps sending me photos of Shane Duffy and oh triple captain Brighton you know so I'm I'm never going to triple Burnley even on a wild card I don't have that much faith in Burnley. At most, I'll go Tarkovsky and Pope, and that's it. Okay, let's not spend too much time debating Burnley. I've spent far too much time on them already. Let's go into Everton, right? And I have DCL, and I am very happy to have him. I'm an idiot for benching him against United, but that's that's on me. Why would you not want to have him, Sam? Because let's assume, for purposes of conversation, that Everton have a double in 24 and 26. We don't know that for sure. But if that is the case, would you not want to have DCL? So, 
this week they're playing Fulham and City, right? City is going to be a very tough game for them. So at most, he has a chance of scoring against Fulham. But we've already discussed that Fulham is deceptively solid at the back. Everton are not looking good going forward. Yes, they scored three against United, but I would argue that all three goals were gifted to them by United, by our bad defending. And especially DCL's goal. Like, any other team would have been offside. Maguire played him on, I don't know why. De Gea was not imposing enough. He should have got to it. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Just in my opinion, Everton are not playing well. That three goals deceived people. And DCL himself, I think his goal was his only shot on target the entire game, which came in like the 95th minute. I'm just not... I don't think they're going to do well. Fulham, quite solid. City, you know, maybe zero chance of scoring. Then they play Liverpool next, which still tough. And even if they do get the game week, they're going to play... I mean, the double game week in 26. They will play Southampton and then... So those are good fixtures, right? Uh, Southampton or Villa or West Brom. Yeah, so then it gets good. But just for these next two weeks, I don't think it's good. I don't really feel DCL is essential for this game, uh, this double game week. Which I know it goes against the grain, right? Because everyone is saying DCL, aside from City, DCL will be the best option to have. Just my personal view on the way Everton are playing, I'm not keen on DCL this week. I have seen a few people mention that they would rather skip DCL and go straight to Danny Ings because Danny Ings is likely to have a double in 25, 27, and even a possible double in 26. I can understand your point of view because you don't have DCL. So if anything, you've already skipped two games of the run. You feel less motivated to get on now. I can understand that. And the start, your starting point is a city that, you know, a week that includes a city with fi- a fixture with city. But I still think that DCL, if anything, the fact that he's not getting that many chances, but he's still scoring just shows that he's a clinical finisher. He doesn't need so many chances. He puts them away. He's at a reasonable price point. He's got a double. I feel like this is a very low-risk decision in getting DCL. And his ownership... I know you don't like ownership, Sam, but his ownership is going to be high. And if he holds... If he scores a goal against City, which is not impossible, City got to concede at some point, right? You know, it's going to be DCL. It's not going to be Richarlison. Richarlison only has two goals in this season. DCL has 13. So if Everton are going to have, going to have a chance of scoring, it's got to be DCL. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I don't so know. I guess what do you... we, we just disagree on that, I guess. I just feel that there are... I would rather go a single game week striker than DCL this week. Really? Yeah, like Bamford or Watkins. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, from the way Everton have been playing, I'm just not keen on jumping on them right now. I will say that the way Everton is playing is putting me off their other assets. I have no interest in Dean or James. James uh, played, I think, about 70 minutes against United, then came off, apparently he's got a tight calf. I wouldn't be surprised if James is benched for maybe the Man City game, because maybe Carlo just goes in all defensive on that. Luka Dean, I don't think he's necessary, especially if you're not on a wildcard, a 6 million defender who is unlikely to keep two clean sheets in the double, I don't think is necessary. And we did say even last week that we don't really think Dean is necessary to have in your team. I would still go for DCL, but you know we'll leave it at that. Let's come to the non-double game weekers. And the first question I want to ask you, Sam, we've got a question here from Scott Prowse, FPL Swang. What do we do with our West Ham players? 
Jan Vess, what do you think about West Ham assets? Maybe I'll get rid of them on my wildcard. West Ham have tough fixtures coming up. They have Spurs, City, Leeds, Man United, and Arsenal. They do not have a double, but they will play in 29. What are you, what are you doing with your West Ham assets, Sam? I'm still keeping this week, right? They're playing Sheffield. That's a good fixture for them. But beyond this week, I am, you know, thinking of exit plans. Um, Antonio has to go this week because he's injured, right? And right after their good fixture this week, it turns bad. So no point trying to hold Antonio through his injury. To me, Antonio out straight to another striker this week. Apart from that, I would still actually keep Sujek and Creswell. Those are maybe the only two West Ham players who are worth having. Tough fixtures, yes, but not unscorable fixtures. Spurs have not really been solid at the back. City, yes, okay, that's tough. Then you've got Leeds, United, Arsenal, all teams that you can imagine Sujek scoring against. And Creswell, just such a set-piece threat. I think it's worth keeping, even through his tough fixtures. And you got to remember, early on in the season, West Ham actually had this terrible run of fixtures, but they kept so many clean sheets in it. So they had Newcastle, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, they, you know. So that there is chance. I mean, it's not impossible for them not to clear clean sheet. And Creswell has a attacking threat to to keep for me. But if you have Kufal, I think after this game week, personally, I'm looking to sell after Sheffield. Yeah, I think for you, it's a bit different because you doubled up, right? You have Creswell yeah. and Kufal. I only have Kufal. Now, because I'm on a wildcard, it's kind of irrelevant. But if I was not going to wildcard and you need somebody for blank game week 29, where West Ham have a confirmed fixture, then I think Kufal's the kind of guy you can just park on your bench. The fixtures aren't great. So, but when you need him in 29, he'll be there. He's, for, what, 4.7 now, I think? And you would have bought him probably at 4.5 or 4.6. So I think no harm in keeping him there. Cresswell, I like as an asset. I would still keep. He's the top-scoring defender in the league. Yeah, I'm definitely keeping Cresswell all the way. So, to me, just Cresswell and Suchak. Uh, Kufal, if you're going to bench him all the time, that's okay. You can keep him. Um, but yeah, apart from these three, you know, uh, Antonio has to go. Antonio has to go. What do you think about Suchek? Because I feel now is a decent time to get off Suchek and try someone else like Rafinha, similar price point, I think slightly better fixtures. Or even, you could even look, if Southampton have multiple doubles, somebody like James Ward-Prowse. I would only go uh, out for Rafinha, especially because Rafinha has a double next week. So I think Suchek against Sheffield and then you switch out to Rafinha. That sounds good. But apart from Rafinha, I don't really fancy anyone else in his price point that, you know, is doing as well as Suchek. Okay, understood. Let's move on to Man United. And we have got a lot of questions about Man United because they play West Brom this week and Newcastle next week. So we've got a question here from Divakar asking us, Rashford planning to bring him in to double up with Bruno, but he played the full midweek FA Cup game against West Ham. We've got a question here from Tanzan asking us what do we think about Cavani. Cavani didn't start against West Ham. He came on as a sub towards the end of the match and then played extra time. Marshall did start. So what do you think of these punts, Sam? If you're short-term, you know, looking at this with a wildcard, I'm assuming both of these guys are not looking long-term, would you consider Rashford or Cavani in this week? Cavani, I like Cavani, but I just think his place is it's not secured, right? There's always that threat of rotation. He might play Marshall, he might play Cavani. Neither of them has established themselves as the first-choice striker. And so because of that, 
I'm not keen on Cavani. I want to bring in a player who, you know, is confirmed to play. Then Rashford is a bit tricky, right? Because he is bringing in some attacking returns, maybe not as much to justify his price, but maybe the price argument is not really relevant anymore because we all have so much money. We don't really need to think about value anymore. We just get the players who we think is going to score most. That's it. As a United fan, I feel he's not playing well. When you watch the games, some games he's very involved and some games he's almost anonymous. And it's just all over the place. It's not the Rashford from last season, right? His finishing is all over the place. He's making bad decisions. I'm just not keen on Rashford right now because I feel there are a lot of other midfield players who have or are in better form than him. I agree. In fact, I would probably have someone like Rafinha or over him because I watched the Man United West Ham game. Rashford had, I think, one decent chance with Fabianski saved. He had a very good assist for the McTominay goal, but it doesn't seem like he is the main guy. He seems to be spending a lot of time on the wings. Cavani, though, I am interested. If you're doing it short term, right? If you don't have to hold on to Cavani for more than two weeks, he did. He was a sub against West Ham, so you'd expect him to start against West Brom. And I don't know, but not a United fan, but from what I see, I think Cavani plays when they need to sort of break down defences that are low blocks. I think Marshall's the guy for counters. And I think Cavani can get something against West Brom. I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two goals. If you bring him in for one-week punt, I think that's something to differentiate yourself. Yeah, I think when Cavani plays, there's definitely a good goal threat from him. He's been scoring almost every time he, he plays significant minutes. The thing is, for me, I still don't really see a pattern on when Ole, who, when is Ole going to start Cavani or Marshall. And I think most United fans can agree also. We don't really know. We would like Cavani to start every week. But Ole seems to favour Marshall, tends to give him you know, chances and things like that. So for me, it's a no-go because I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if Cavani will start or not. I think that's fair. Let's talk about Leeds. And we've got a question here from CFC Nick 3. Dallas has been coming in and out of my team. Is it just time to set and forget? And we've got a question here from Sri Amerta. Triple Leeds, good for the long run or not? Now, Leeds will double in Game Week 25 against Wolves in Southampton. But Ben Krellin says that they will not double or blank again this season. Dallas has been playing in midfield again. He gets moved in and out because of injuries. Sometimes he plays at left-back, sometimes he's in midfield. He's got four blanks in the last seven, but in the games where he has hauled, it's 12, 12, and 7. I think if you have Dallas, definitely hold, and I think Dallas would be quite, I won't say essential, but would be a very useful asset to have in Game Week 25. And if I was going into Game Week 25, looking for Leeds assets, for me, you have to have Bamford, and one of Rafinha or Dallas, I will go for all three. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I agree. I think... For Leeds, Dallas as the defender, Rafinha as the midfielder, Bamford as the striker. These are the three main assets you want to target. Harrison, maybe, he's doing he's been doing quite alright, but definitely I would pick Rafinha over Harrison. The thing is, they, yes, they have the double in 25, but they don't in 26. I think it's confirmed that they will play a single game week in 26. So if you want to maximize your double game week uh, team, then maybe you can't go in so heavy on Leeds assets. So in my case, I that is what's keeping me off Leeds. 
Originally, I was going to go Rafinha, Bamford, and Bamford, and Dallas. Now, I'll probably just go with one Leeds asset. Uh, most likely, Bamford. Yeah, it really depends on what your plan is for 26. If you're not bench boosting in 26, I think you can still go for Leeds. Just keep them on your bench. But you're using up transfers. So, once again, a lot of this involves you having to think about it. Maybe you wait one week and approach it in 25. By 25, we should know the confirmed lineup for 26. And that'll allow you to decide... I think in order of priority, I would still say Bamford is the first pick. He's still the striker. He's still the guy who's most explosive. And after Bamford, although I own Rafinha, I probably would say Dallas because we saw yesterday against Palace, Dallas gets one assist and a clean and it's 12 points. And that's such a huge haul. And you'd expect against Wolves in Southampton, I think Leeds could keep one clean. Wolves are not a very attacking side. Southampton maybe more so. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think for the 25 that's upcoming... Having Leeds assets is, it will be, they will come good, I think. You can say that with, <laughs> I wouldn't say 100%, but pretty certain that they will come good. The problem is 26, so it all depends on your team and the strategy that you're planning to play, right? Uh, if you can, please do get a fixture planner so that you can plan your transfers around it and see which of your players is going to play on 26 and, you know, form your strategy around that and then make your decision. Yeah, you can just go to livefpl.com and they have a free transfer planner there. And you can just input stuff and you can sort of see, you know, which players play in which game weeks, which players have doubles. It's really useful. Uh, let's We're talk not about... We're sponsored by LiveFPL. We're not. In fact, LiveFPL, <laughs> I, I just want to give a shout out. Uh, the guy who runs it, his name is Ragaboli. He's like a professor at MIT. And he was asked this week, don't you want to set up a Patreon, take some money from people? And he said, nah, I just like doing this. You know, I get some advertising revenue, but that's about it. I'm like, I'm okay. That's just so amazing. Like he's doing all of it for free. He's updating your ranks live so you can see your red arrow as soon as it happens. I mean, we are Very doing nice this for free. We are doing it for free. So that's true. the joy of talking about FPL. <laughs> <laughs> let's okay. Going forward, Sam. Let's talk about forwards. We've got a question from Fluid Football, very regular listener. Rank Kane, Bamford, Watkins, Ings, DCL, Antonio. Uh, irrespective of prices and assuming everyone's fit. Okay, so let's just go with some stats, right? Because Antonio may be injured. We don't know. And if he is injured, then we need to look at possible replacements. Now, in the last four games in the league, non-Pen XG, Watkins is first, then Bamford, then DCL. You have Wilson and Antonio, both of whom who could be injured. Timo Werner, surprisingly, he's up there. And then you have Cavani, Marshall, Jesus, Ings and Adams. Now, question from FPL Mariner. He's planning to bench boost this week. He owns Antonio. Do you think it's worth to take a hit to get Danny Ings as a replacement? I mentioned earlier that Southampton have a chance of doubling in 25 and 27, and they also could get a double in 26. You're looking at a possible triple-double for Southampton. You've had Danny Ings before, Sam. Would you go in again? I don't know. His form has not been good since he's back from injury. But actually, I don't think it's really him. It's just Spurs. I mean, Spurs. Southampton as a whole. They just have not been in good attacking form. I still think Ings is a quality player. And once Southampton starts clicking, the goals are going to come. But until then, I'm a form over fixtures kind of guy. So as long as Spurs... I'm, why do I keep saying Spurs? As long as Southampton are not playing well, I wouldn't go for Ings yet. Even you if said, it's confirmed... It's surprising that when a... Is up there. It's not surprising. If you watch the game, he gets into so many positions. He just can't finish. 
it's not surprising at all that he has high XG. Okay, yes, I've owned Werner, so I can tell you he has high XG. You, you can always have high XG when you're standing in front of a goal and you're missing chances, but I'm not tempted by Werner, by the way, because their fixtures aren't great. They could have a double of, I think it's United and Liverpool, so I'm no one not should interested. be tempted by Werner. If you are, please reconsider your temptations. <laughs> Do not get tempted by any Chelsea asset right now. Even the defenders, in my opinion. Because just too much rotation going on. You know, he dropped Silva this week. Uh, I mean, I think Silva week. was injured. He's been dropping Alonso and Chilwell yeah. week to week. So just too much uncertainty. I think Tuchel is just trying to figure out his best 11. So just avoid Chelsea for now. With the exception of Mandy, maybe. Okay, come back to Ings, right? (laughs) Yes, come back to Southampton Ings. I agree with you, the form isn't great. But I did watch the Newcastle game. Ings hit the post. You could argue it was a little unlucky. And I just think if if he has, you know, double-doubles, if he's having more fixtures than other players, I just think, you know, law of averages, eventually he's going to do well. You know, if you give him six games across three game weeks, I would back him over, you know, another striker like Bamford who doesn't have that or DCL. So I think, especially if you're going in next week, I don't think this week is the week to go in on Danny Ings because they play Wolves. And Wolves have gone back to the same old defensive, you know, they've got, I think, six lowest XGC in the last four. I wouldn't go in this week. I don't see the benefit. If you're trying to hit in Antonio, honestly, I would just maybe look at Cavani instead of Ings if you want to do it on a one-week basis. Ings, for me, from next week onwards, I would go. What about Watkins? I really like Watkins. I- I've been watching Villa... And I'm quite scared as a non-Watkins owner now when I watch Villa games because he started to learn how to finish the chances. But Brighton, not an easy game. Brighton has shown that they are now one of the best fo- uh, teams in form right now. It's quite a hard you know, fixture to jump in. They didn't look great against Burnley though, Brighton. I mean, the XGC before that was very good, but against Burnley, they conceded a lot of chances. Just Burnley, not a very good finishing team. I... Wouldn't mind going in on Watkins this week. The only issue is there are other teams who have doubles. And I know you say form over fixtures, but I'm always going to want to go in for a guy who has two games as opposed to one. I think that's just how I play. Okay, fair enough. If Villa have a double in 26, which they're likely to, I will definitely have Watkins in my team for 26. In fact, I think Watkins is the better asset than Grealish at this point. I've been looking at some stats about this. And there's been some research done on this by FPL Lens, a friend of the pod. And he's noticed how Jack Grealish is now starting to move wide, occupy the right back, and that's giving more space for Watkins to exploit. And against Arsenal, Watkins had four shots, including the goal. Grealish had just one shot. It was a good shot, which Ryan saved, but just the one shot. And I think between the two assets now, I think you can start to argue that Watkins is the better asset. I mean, you say that, right? But yet this is the first week Grealish has blanked in the past, you know, five weeks. Four weeks in a row he returned and then he blanked against Arsenal. So, to me, yes, I would like to jump on Joaquin's form right now, but I'm still not planning to sell Grealish because I think Grealish just have this longevity, you know. To me, he's the season keeper, just consistently producing since the season started until now. Six goals and 12 assists. To me... Yeah, I'm still keeping Grealish. Maybe his threat has diminished a bit, but still, it's always there. So, you know, the assist for Joaquin is going to come from somewhere. But anyway, we're not talking about Grealish right now. 
No, but it's, I mean, for a lot of people, the issue that's preventing them from getting Watkins is typically the fact that they already tripled up on Villa, either because they have Steer or they have Target. So mm-hmm. I do think it's relevant to discuss Grealish, but I can understand you feel you'd keep Grealish. I don't own Grealish, so I don't have that issue. But if you'd ask me today which guy I'd rather have, just because midfield, we've got so many options, right? You've got Gundo, you've got even the guys you don't really want, like Salah, you know, you've got Bruno. I feel I like there are more. Grealish over Salah right now. Yeah, we've sort of made it quite clear in this podcast. Neither of us own Salah at this point, and I don't. We don't feel any love for Salah right now. I don't think he was not going to score if, if for that penalty, he would not. He would have blanked this week. He had, I think, a non-pen xG of zero point zero four. So I don't feel any need to go back on Salah anytime soon. Yeah, I think for me, Martinez, Grealish, and Watkins. These are the three Villa assets we should own. So I I wouldn't sell Grealish at this point. I mean, he literally has only blanked once in the past five game weeks and only twice in the past seven game weeks. But if you're going in today, Sam, let's assume that you need you do not have either Grealish or Watkins. Oh, Pick if one. you're going in, then yes, Watkins, I think, cheaper. And there are less options in the strikers compared to midfielders. I agree. And that's the second part of the question from CFC Nick 3. With Bamford, Antonio and Watkins in such form at the moment, is it even worth considering Kane or Vardy for the upcoming game weeks? Now for Kane, right? He came back against West Brom out of, you know, from out of nowhere. Five shots, two big chances, one goal. He looked good. I mean, I, I was scared not owning Kane. Spurs are no expected to have a double. Kane, so it's all right. There were some crazy people who kept him, Sam, and some of them, one one guy who I know on Twitter, FPL Dave, he had Kane and he kept him and started him this week, just, you know, for fun, and he got goals from him. So, okay, but wow. leaving that aside, a lot of people want Kane for the double. Spurs are expected to have a good double in 26. Some people even talking triple captain. Do you think Kane is at the point where he is still a good pick? Forget, you know irrespective of the fact that he's far more expensive than all these cheap strikers, because that's what Nick is asking us here. Yeah, I still think Kane is a great pick. In fact, I am planning to get Kane for 26, and spoiler alert, probably will triple captain him. And you already have Sun. Yeah, and I already have Sun. They have good fixtures in 26, I think. If they do have a double game in 26, they will play... They're expected to play Burnley and one of Villa, Fulham or Southampton. Yeah, good scorable fixtures. And I think Kane is the person to have in these fixtures. I would put Kane over Sun, actually. Doubling up, of course, would not hurt. But if you only had to pick one, I would go Kane. And you think he still represents value? Because by that point, all the premiums probably will be back in conversation. You still think a Kane and Sun double up is okay even though you've got budget forwards like Watkins and DCL who are still performing. Yeah, I do. Actually, I, I really think Kane justifies his price tag. Now, Sun is a different story, right? Because there are a lot of midfielders and Sun hasn't really been shining these past few weeks. But Kane, to me, is um, the best forward to have in the game. I still feel so. What about Vardy? Jimmy Vardy just came back. My issue with Vardy is the fact that most of his goals, in fact, five of his 11 are from pens. Uh, you compare that to Kane, who has three out of 13 penalty goals. I don't know. I If I'm on a wild card, I don't mind having Vardy just as a punt because nobody else can get him in. I like that idea. 
and I've played around with some wildcard 26 drafts where I have Vardy just because I know no one else will get him in. But apart from that, I don't see him as a very good long-term pick. Yeah, I mean, Vardy is really expensive. It's almost as much as Kane. Why don't you just pay a bit extra and jump up to Kane? I would definitely have Kane over Vardy. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. Let's get into chip strategies, Sam, because we've spent quite a bit of time talking about these players. Let's get straight into chip strategies. You have all your chips available. So I think your situation... Except, let's... except bench boost. I don't have my bench boost. All right, except bench boost. So as it stands, Sam, it's Wednesday night now. What is your plan? My plan is to just use free transfers to prepare for the big double game week 26. The problem is we don't know who is going to double in 26. We do know who is not going. And um, if you follow Ben Krellin on Twitter... If you don't follow Ben Krellin, follow FPL Bang, right? <laughs> we will forward his content to you. But uh, yeah, you will have an idea of who's, who will play who and who has the potential double game mix and things like that. So I've decided I'm not going to put um, too much, how do I say, too much effort into getting a, a good, a big double game week team for 24 and 25 for this week and next week. I will try to get some in, but I'm not going to destroy my team. But what I will be looking to is, in fact, to build a big starting 11, a strong starting 11, uh, who almost all of them have doubles for 26. That is my chip strategy. I'm not planning to wildcard. I'm planning to save my wildcard um, for future. I think my team is pretty well, and I know a lot of people are planning to wildcard. So by saving it, I feel that will give me a leg up further down the line. So that's my personal strategy. Interesting. And I guess it works for you because you don't have bench boosts, so you don't need to worry about getting 16 or 15 doublers in Game Week 26. You can just have 11 doublers and you're good to go. Yep, exactly. What about you, Siva? I've used Triple Captain already on KDB, which didn't go so well, but it went better than Salah, so I take that. I used Free Hit as well in 18, which went okay. So I don't have those two chips. I still have wildcard and bench boost. Initial plan was considering a bench boost either this week or next week, 24 or 25, which then would allow me, similar to you, to wildcard into the strongest starting 11 for 26 and keep some players on the bench, you know, with a view for a blank game week 29. I've started to move off that strategy because the first thing is I'm having injuries now on my bench. I've got Mikel Antonio today pulling up with an injury and that's pushing me into too many hits to make a bench boost work this week. I'm also not that confident that my bench boost players will work because a lot of people were talking about bench boosting in a single game week. You just need to look at your four weakest assets in your team. That's your bench boost. And if you're bench boosting with the likes of Sun against Man City, a Leicester asset against Liverpool, I think that's when you start to consider. I personally feel that that's not the best way to play the bench boost. If Sun blanks, I don't really want two points on my bench boost. I would rather take whatever problems happen in 29 because you've used the wild card and you don't have a free hit. I will take those problems head on and just bench boost the best team possible in 26 because you will have four doublers. You can get the best score possible and then you can take a few hits to get a team for 29 if that's a problem. That's what I would do. I think try and go for the maximum gain. Don't try and hedge your risks by going half and half. This is all team dependent. And as an example now, we've got FPL Mariner, good friend of the pod, He's asking us if we should bench boost this team. His bench would be Martinez against Brighton this week, Dallas against Arsenal, Suchek and Kufal against Sheffield United. Would you bench boost with this, Sam? 
I would actually, depending on who is starting eleven, right? But if he's starting eleven is very strong and these are the so strong that these are the guys on the bench, I would actually bench boost this. Okay, let's let's go through them one by one because I can see the temptation to bench boost this. I can get a bench that's quite similar to this with probably a minus four or a minus eight. Oh wait, Martin. If if you're getting this bench with a hit, then no. No, no, he's not get. Uh, he would take one hit probably to switch Antonio to Ings for the starting lineup. Then to me, no, because your starting lineup is not that strong either, right? I mean, Sam, it's, it's a minus full, four. I mean, it's not full of um, full of double game week players. So okay. actually, yeah, thinking back, the fixtures this week don't look good. If you can, I would definitely save the bench boost for twenty six if you can make it work. Because that's when you can really maximize the doubles. And there are quite a few teams with potentially good fixtures. Of course, we don't know for sure yet, right? What fixtures are going to be played on 26. But based on Ben Krellin's spreadsheet, it looks like there will be some teams you can target. So, in my opinion, I would try to save it for 26 if possible. Yeah, for me, this is a decision you have to reconsider on Friday once the FA Cup results are out. And even then, we won't know confirmed 26 lineup because Ben says the Premier League probably won't announce it until 25. But here's the thing for me. I get that a bench, it's tempting to bench boost now because we're getting bench points each week. But it's hard to predict, right? I could conceivably see Martinez blanking against Brighton. It's not impossible. Could see Dallas blanking against Arsenal. You could see Suchek blanking against Sheffield United and so could Kufal because... Sheffield United are improving. I just feel with the double game week, you're just spreading out the risk more. You've got two fixtures. And if they do well, then it's okay to take hits later on to fix your team for 29. That's just how I see it. But it's all team dependent. So if you've got a great bench, go for it. Okay, I agree with you. So just coming back to general strategies, right? Uh, You have all, all your chips except bench boost. So you've got your plan, which is to try and use free transfers. I'm looking at a wild card in 25 and a bench boost of 26. And I'm going to try and keep maybe one or two Leeds players, maybe one, just to cover for blank game week 29. What other strategies would you consider for other people? I think um, for some listeners who are not aware, there's going to be a big blank in 29. We did mention it um, here and there earlier. But for those of you who you know don't really keep up with these kind of things, there will be a very big blank in 29. Now, we are not. it's not confirmed yet because it depends on the... FA Cup uh, results potentially what you want if you don't have a free hit is to keep players who are guaranteed to play in 29 and those players are Siva those players are yes <laughs> Leeds and Fulham play in 29 and West Ham and Arsenal play in 29 that's as of today this is Wednesday by Friday this could all change they could have more blank teams yeah so I think if you're not planning to free hit and not planning to bench post either if you have these players, maybe don't transfer them out, but keep them in your bench so that when 29 rolls around, you'll be able to field as many playing players as you can. Yes, and if it so happens that 29 only has three to four fixtures, which Ben has said is a possibility, I really wouldn't stress about it that much if you don't have a route to getting these players in. Let's say you bench boost in 26. You just use, you've got three free transfers, take a few hits and get the most important assets. Because Sam, that's what you even did in Game Week 18. When it was a blank, you got in the biggest guys who got the most points. You didn't have everybody and you'd have a starting 11, but you got through with six or seven players. Yeah, it didn't go that well though, but <laughs> hopefully the decision not to use my free hit will come through you know, in this 29 when most people already used it. 
Yeah, so drawbacks to, you know, pros and cons to each strategy. You just really got to see how your team is in, what shape it is, what would work best. And if you like your team, and it so happens that your team has, you know, enough double game make players, there's no need to use the wildcard just for the sake of it. You can even keep it for game week 30. I've seen a lot of people, including Ben Krellin, who plan to wildcard in 30 for the final stretch of the season. And that's okay too. Yeah, because things can change, right, at the end. Um, historically, we know that towards the end of the season, there are more goals scored, less clean sheets taken, as um, teams that are facing relegation start to take more risk. And sometimes they, you know, they come up with this, I don't know what you call it, like supernatural ability suddenly in the last few stretches, you know, just to keep them up and things like that. So for me, I'm planning to save my wildcard um, because I feel like I don't need it. It depends on your team, right? Yeah, it's so team dependent. It's really difficult to give one strategy for everybody. What I would just say is try and be patient. Try and wait as late as possible to make transfers uh, so that you have the most information. I think that's really the only thing you can do in this point. Oh, yeah. We can't tell you what to do. We can't tell you this is the right strategy to play and not because it all depends on the team. All we can do is give you the information for you to make a decision yourself on the strategy that you want, that you feel is best for your team. Yeah, and I just want to stress one thing. There's really no wrong way to do this so we're going to go into captaincy now i think and i've seen some people talking about triple captaining nick pope and i can understand why and i see a lot of backlash against that this is crazy this is ridiculous who who the hell wants a captain nick pope i genuinely think if you feel like that's the guy who's going to score the most points you know go for it it's, it's, it really is something that if you have a gut feel i had a gut feel about antonio last week and it failed you know I think Nick Pope is probably going to outscore Antonio over one week, you know. So if you want to do these kind of things, these crazy things, go for it. That's what the doubles are there for. Sam, we talked about how we have a friend who captained John Stones in the last double and that changed his season. You never know. Yeah. Hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I actually think it's not that crazy because Pope, as we have covered earlier, a clean sheet is not six points for him. Clean sheet is like 10 because he always gets bonus and saves. So two clean sheets, you'll be flying. Just one clean sheet too, you'll probably hit into the double digits already. So I don't think it's that crazy an idea to triple captain Pope. If you have the guts to do it, I think go for it. You Who, yeah. who are you planning to captain Siva? Well, before we started the pod, it was going to be Gunduan, But now that Gunduan is playing this FA Cup game... As is Sterling, it's a little annoying. I noticed that Cancelo is on the bench, so is Stones. I guess I could captain Cancelo, but I don't really like the fixtures. They're not the easiest. I'm honestly not sure, Sam. If I'm, I really wasn't prepared for this. I was going to go in with Gundo. I feel like Gundo is the safe guy. If Gundo doesn't play the full 90, I'll probably still stick to that. If not, I will consider maybe a City defender. I'm not confident enough to captain Pope. I would rather have a double Burnley defense than captain Pope. And I know it's weird because those are sort of the same thing. But it's just so stressful to watch him as a captaincy option. Just one mistake and it all goes wrong. I feel as a clean sheet thing, I can live with it if they don't get one clean sheet. It's just psychological. Maybe I'm just, I just don't have the balls necessary to do a captain on Nick Pope. I also think it's about ceilings, right? I think if you captain somebody like Stones or Cancelo and they nick a goal, you know, that's amazing. Pope can't nick a goal, so his ceiling is going to be slightly lower than them. Yeah, good points, I guess. So, among the double game week players, right, there's the City, you know, defenders or Gundo, Sterling, maybe. 
and then you have DCL, which is maybe a captaincy option, but as I covered earlier, I'm personally not keen. If you feel very good on DCL's chances, you can go for it. Burnley, I mean, we talk about Pope, but in a, a so-called logical kind of sense, there isn't really any Burnley player you want to captain. And same with Fulham. So maybe should we captain someone who is not having a double game week? Like and that's FPL Hafiz's question to us. Yes, Sam. FPL Hafiz asking us, would you captain Bruno? It's tough, right? Uh, like you said, I think Gundo would have been in for a shout. He's City's main attacking threat right now. But now that he's playing, I don't think he will be benched against Spurs. But then the next game against Everton, I think there's a possibility. Bruno against West Brom away. West Brom has been poor, right? Not even like... like We say Fulham is poor, but secretly they've been doing well defensively. But West Brom is proper poor. Might be a good shout, I think. Bruno against West Brom. Really? A single game weaker? I just... What's the ceiling Bruno has? Bruno has, a, I would say, a 17-point ceiling. I think that's fair. If he, you know, he holds... Is that not high enough for you? I would... Point. How greedy are you, man? Okay, I'm a desperate man. But still, a double game weaker. I mean, Gundogan hit 13 points against Liverpool with a missed penalty. If he didn't take that penalty, he'd be on 15. If he had scored the penalty, he'd already beat 17. That's just one game against the best team in the, you know, supposed the champions, right? Even if he just plays one of these games, I think he gets points. And I, whilst I am a bit scared about Gundo, he's played most of the Premier League games. I would expect that he probably starts one and then maybe comes off early in one. Bottom line, he's getting more minutes than Bruno, as far as I can see. And I would always go with a double game maker over a single game maker. Yeah. I think for me, I probably would still captain Gundo. But if we had to pick someone who is not having a double game week, my pick would be Bruno. Can we put it that way? Yeah, but I think rank them. I think that's a fair way because most people do have Gundo or Sterling. Would you pick Bruno over a double game maker? Where's, where does it stop? Like, if you say Gundo's the first choice and you say Sterling maybe is the next best guy, where does Bruno fall in that ranking? Yeah, of, so to me, Bruno would be third. Ahead of all the Burnley assets and DCL. Yeah. And City defenders as well? Yes, to me. I think just, you know, he still has a really high ceiling. I, I can agree. I can sort of see the point because the City defenders would have a ceiling of about 12 if you assume no attacking returns and probably no bonus. So I can see that. Yeah. I'd so still that probably... That's, that's my ranking. What about you, Siva? I'd still want to go for a City defender over Bruno. I just... It's a single game weaker and I just feel you have two chances to get it right with the double game weaker. You know, you've got one game then you've got the other game. Maybe he holds in one of them and you're covered. Bruno's only got those 90 minutes. I don't think he needs to play the full 90 against West Brom. West Brom are a bad team. United have Europa League, you know, after that. Does he need to play the full match? Does he need to score? And in the first fixture, I know Allardyce wasn't there, but they only won 1-0. Bruno Penn, obviously. I don't think Fernandes is the best shout. And I would probably take most of the double game because with the exception of DCL, I think I would take City defenders, City attackers. I probably would even take Pope ahead of Bruno. But maybe that's a closer debate. Okay. I'm just going to remind you about the last time you doubted Bruno and what happened. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes, I remember. I can't, actually, no. I can't, I've doubted Bruno quite a few times to my cost, so I've probably forgotten which time it was. I would say Bruno still has a good chance. A city defender still has a good chance. Pick whoever you feel is best. I will probably go Gundo. And Bruno Weiss. Yeah, actually. 
I would because I do not like to vice a player from the same team. And the reason for that, Sam, would you like to explain that to the listeners? Okay, in a normal circumstance, it's because in the event that something happens in that game, right, you're covered. Example: If you captain two, who was it? Um, Spurs players, and then their fixture got called off, you've been stuck with zero, right? So I just kind of like to hedge it a bit. How often does it even go to your vice captain anyway, right? Yeah, ask the people who captain Sterling two weeks ago and then got Salah's hauls. It it does happen, mate, and I'm yeah. really annoyed when it happens. What about those people who captain Sterling and then vice Cancelo? I don't know. It's just a habit, maybe, because in this double gimmick, that whole uh thing doesn't really, you know, if you captain uh Gundo, he doesn't play one game, he plays the other, so. It's different than a normal game week, I guess. But just our habit, I don't like the captain players on the same team. And I think right now with COVID and all that other stuff, there's even bad weather in the UK. It's a legit strategy. Just spread your risk. There's no harm there. It's unlikely to come into effect because it's double, but just spread your risk. Let's quickly talk about the mini league, Sam. The mini league, the code to join is 05TM12, all small letters. We have a new leader, Sam, Nigel Lim. He has taken over Paul Oziegbe is second, Bruno Mars is third, Jesper Olsen fourth, Sako Khan is fifth. Nigel Lim, our new leader, he has he's from Malaysia and his overall rank is 4k in the world, Sam. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Paul, our former leader, has caught up a bit. He's in second place. And his overall rank right now is 5k in the world. This is this is crazy, man. They, they've got such high ranks. One points this week. Yeah. So keep it up, guys. If you've not joined the mini league, just get in there. Good fun, and uh, you can see, you know, you're competing with some of the best, you know, in the world right now. The pod will be back next week for Gaming Twenty Five when we'll have a better idea of the doubles. In the meantime, good luck, Green Arrows. We'll be on Twitter. We will post our final team before the game week deadline. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Okay, Sam. Are you gonna say your Green Arrow thing? Oh yeah, go get some green arrows, guys. Yeah, <laughs> especially it's a double game week. Let's if we don't get green arrows this week, you know, s- s- that screw it. You know, we just buy James Justin next week and delete our teams. Okay. <laughs>